एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं and now we are at the crest of the third wave which is led by neo banks and the leader among the neo banks is none other than the aptly named fintech startup neo neo is among the fastest growing neo banks in india having recently crossed the milestone of half a million customers and in this episode akshay dath talks to vinay bagri the founder of neo who is also a veteran banker listen on to understand how and why neo banks are the future of banking Here's Vinay talking about his wonderful journey. So Vinay, uh, tell me about Vinay as a child. Like, you know, what kind of uh, environment did you grow up in? What what were your parents doing? Which city did you grow up in? So I grew up in various cities. My dad is a doctor and he was in government service when I was born. Uh, you know, he was getting transferred practically every few years uh, in India. And then he went on deputation abroad um, So if I look at my childhood, I've been uh, to maybe ten, fifteen schools across India and abroad. So uh, a major part, one of my favorite countries is Libya. If I look at my childhood, maybe half of my childhood was spent in Libya when my dad was in deputation there. Otherwise, it was all over Rajasthan because uh, you know Bundi, uh, Kota, Jaipur, Bikaner. So I'm studying in schools all across Rajasthan. and then uh, you know for some reason i also studied in chennai for a year <laughs> uh, but what i remember the most is of course the very um uh, you know when i was really young it was it was yeah uh, in rajasthan and then uh, when i was like uh, between 6th and 10th standard uh, then it was of course uh, libya so very fond times okay so uh, did you choose science or commerce like in your plus 2 No, I chose I chose maths. I always wanted science. My dad is a doctor, and that's the reason I didn't want to be a doctor. I see his lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> extremely busy and hardly any time for uh, for anything except his work. And I thought maybe uh, you know let me do something different. So I wanted to do engineering. So then my twelfth, as usual, Kota factory. I went to Kota, uh, <laughs> but yeah, always science. Okay, okay, and that must have been the first time staying away from parents in Kota. Uh, it was actually first time was uh, Madras. So eleventh, I did in Triveni Academy, Madras, which is again for like uh, IIT preparation. Uh, actually, nobody knew and knows. Even my dad doesn't know why he put me in Madras. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's lost in history. But I know that yeah, one year I was staying in Madras eating rice, and I don't like rice at all. And finally, uh, you know, when my dad came to see me after one year, he was in Libya at that time. So he came to see me. He, he saw what, what the hell happened to you. He lost some fifteen twenty kgs. Uh, so he shifted me to Kota, where uh, again I lived alone. So Kota was was all fun. So I was uh, I moved to Kota with an idea of preparing for IIT, but that's the last thing I did. I was always having fun with friends. Okay. <laughs> 
So, did you crack uh, like in the competitive exam? No way not. The way the, the competition was there, I was not, uh, because having been in Libya all the time, it was a very cushy childhood. So, you really don't see the kind of dedication needed to crack an entrance exam in India. So, when I saw it in Kota, it just blew me away. I just couldn't handle it. So, I didn't clear IIT. I did my BSc from Rajasthan Maharaja College. Then I cracked IAMS, the written exam. Went for all the interviews, flunked all the interviews. And I chuck it. <laughs> why is that? Like, why did you flunk the interview? I have no clue because I, I have given 12 IAM interviews. Wow. Uh, so, I, I cleared written exam in 95, 96, 97. And somehow, I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, again, it is... Um, uh, at least, my, if you were to ask me to reflect, and what what could be the only reason what I can think of is that when I was doing my graduation uh, in uh, in science, BSc, BCM, my sole objective was to do IIMs. So I actually never studied anything other than uh, preparing for CAT. And when the interviews happened in CAT, anything to do with my subject, actually, I still remember one of the interviews. I think maybe it was IIM Bangalore. One of these interviews, they asked me, "They forget about everything. Can you just tell me the nine? Books of chemistry, which is your subject. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell the name of the book. So maybe, uh, you know, that was a good learning for me that while you can prepare for stuff, but I think, um, you know, doing what you're doing at that time is important. So eventually, uh, I did my graduation from Jaipur uh, MBA and my BSc graduation. And then finally, I ended up doing one executive MBA with IIM Calcutta. Uh, but the fact that... Uh, uh, you know, the IM interviews didn't work out. Still probably is uh, the disappointment which I carry. I I, I thoroughly deserved it. But that's how it is. You don't get everything in life sometimes. So, uh, like BSc and then an MBA, you did like uh, like one after another. And then what did you do after that? Like when did your working career start? So yeah, right after MBA. So I was, uh, you know, MBA... Uh, by the time I was, I realized, uh, you know, that I was anyway doing quite well. So I was a gold medalist, upper in the class and all that. So whenever the companies came in, we had a choice to pick whatever, at least in my case. At that time, FMCG was the rising sector. This is 1998. Uh, so anybody getting a job in FMCG was, used to be like the top job in, in a campus. So I joined Parley on campus. And Parley at that time, uh, Ramesh Bhai had just sold Thumbs Up to Coca-Cola, which was a decision I, I'm sure he will... Uh, always be regretting. At least he used to be quite sad about it uh, earlier. And from a consumer brand, he was left with this mineral water brand called Bisleri. Uh, you know, once he uh, sold Thumbs Up, his ambition was to make Bisleri. But the biscuits were also there, no? Parley? Yeah, Parley biscuits were also there, which was with another brother in the Parley family. Oh, okay. 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 So with Ramesh Bhai, uh, he had multiple businesses, including, I think, mango, fruity, and all that. But his passion uh, after Thumbs Up, uh, was to make Bisleri like a household name. That's why, uh, you know, he went to campuses and took hired MBAs and was completely revamped the, the whole culture with which Bisleri uh, was running. And in 1998, Vinivoto was a very novel concept. You know, people would go to railway stations with this bottle. They would jump off the train. When trains fill that water in the tap, which is available, come back. That was the culture. And mineral water was very elitist thing. Yeah, luxury product, basically. Very luxury product available in five stars and boutique hotels and uh, whatnot. And the task was in us to, uh, you know, make this area a household name and sell it as a concept. And probably if I would look at my career, other than the startup, uh, which I've done now, 
that was something I was maybe I'm the most proud of because we we created as a, and across the India everybody including uh, what I did in Rajasthan and my colleagues did elsewhere basically created this whole concept of paying for water and one rupee bottle in two thousand you know ninety nine two thousand is a lot of money. <laughs> so to pay 10 rupees 20 rupees to drink water was just amazing hard work by all of us and i started my career as a management trainee sales going on autos the first few months was sitting in an auto going to the shop and trying to convince them to buy within jeopardy the next task was going in a truck and the idea was that you go from a truck to one city in Rajasthan to another city. So I'll maybe go from Jaipur to Delhi border, which is Shahjampur, or Jaipur to Bikaner, or Jaipur to you know, Jodhpur, or sometimes even to very remote areas. I still remember my most memorable journey, which we took from Udaipur to Dungargad. And it was the area of Limbaram. You know, one famous archer was there. Because it was, uh, you know, Bheel area. Okay. And um, they were very, um, you know, distrusting of people. So the thing is that if you're going on a truck or anything like that, you have to ensure that you, you don't see the sunset on the road. <laughs> you have to be somewhere settled by the time sunset happens. So very, very memorable memories of Baswada, uh, Dungarpur, all those areas. So we really built that whole distribution chain, took uh, mineral water on the truck, uh, you know, put these mineral water cartons in front of shops, told them that, okay, I'm going to come back after two days. If you sell this, fantastic. If you don't, I'll pick it up. And that's how we actually started. And the whole idea is take the truck, go in any direction, don't come home till the truck is sold. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we really worked hard and I'm extremely proud of that, uh, um, you know, that that uh, that part of the life where 7 o'clock meant 7 o'clock and it was uh, not privileged at all. But it, it gave very gave, you know, gave very good start to the career, discipline, hard work, and a willingness to, um, you know, try something new and be there with your hands dirty. Fantastic. So that was the first brush with the professional life, I would say. Okay. So then what next? Why did you decide to make a move and where did you go? Uh, you know, one, somebody just introduced me to 3M. And I got really fascinated by what 3M did with 70,000 products. It's like amazing company, like one of my favorite companies. So one of my favorite books was Built to Last and 3M was one of the companies featured there. And when I got an opportunity, I just jumped on it and uh, joined 3M. Uh, but then I had some family emergency because of which I had to be in Rajasthan. And there was no big enough role for 3M in Rajasthan. And that's when this whole ICICI thing was happening or banking was... Re- or ICICI was making banking more like FMCG. And they decided to hire sales guys only from FMCG because there was no retail talent in bank. So then I joined ICICI started my banking career in Jodhpur, selling personal loans. I was just completely shocked at how easy the life was <laughs> compared, to, <laughs> compared to FMCG because uh, it, it was just too comfortable. By banking standards, everybody coming from FMCG was working like crazy. For us, it was working, working almost like 75% of what we would do in an FMCG. Because there's no retail to deal with, nothing. You make distributors, you make DST, and business would automatically happen and business was going through the roof. Uh, for any kind of lending product. Nobody had seen this kind of a boom in home loans, car loans, personal loans, credit cards. Everything was just going through the roof. So I was in Jodhpur with ICICI. Then Standard Chartered opened a branch in Jaipur. 
and my whole reason to move uh, leave 3m and what was to go to jaipur uh, so it was just in route to jaipur but <laughs> this way uh, so moved to jaipur and you know icici uh, naturally in nine months it was difficult for them to make transition for me also um, you know they offered and it was a um, I, i just loved icici culture also it was very matching what we wanted to do and then moved to stanchart uh, in jaipur again doing personal loans i would say extremely cushy time from then on in banking because um, you know everybody who came to fmcg was just so much better at distribution than most anybody else who was there so uh, your role was essentially to set up like ds like direct selling agents who would source loans yeah dsa and dst so dst is uh, people who you control okay and dsas are people who are independent and who go source for you and then eventually the referral model also came in which are like completely gig economy workers so there were three broad models uh, under which you will try and do your business so i was in like icici i was in jodhpur for 9 months practically and we were rocking there and then i moved to jaipur in stanchart practically hardly one one year again business was just going through the charts so i got promoted to handle Raj, rajasthan and gujarat um so i was again in rajasthan and gujarat for two years again business was off the charts uh then i got promoted to uh, take care of east as a region so i was in jaipur then i moved to ahmedabad from there to take care of gujarat and rajasthan hardly 6 9 months the numbers were through the chart so uh, you know they moved me to calcutta take care of east as a region again hardly one year in calcutta calcutta was beating you know big cities like delhi bombay in numbers uh so naturally i got promoted again to take care of south as a region based out of bangalore at that time unsecured uh, I, when i was selling loans so my headquarters was bangalore so i moved to headquarters and uh, that's my first brush with bangalore and the city uh, currently i'm in love with my second favorite city after chandigarh so, okay okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so i i moved to bangalore uh, took care of the uh, south region and within a year's time uh, got promoted as a national sales head uh, taking care of the entire country again doing loans And 2008, 2009 happened. Where all the money we gave, I, I don't know how much of it came back, but we we all lost because of the meltdown and whole uh, you know financial meltdown across the globe, especially hit and started um, lending in India. And then I decided to shift to other side of banking, uh, where collecting money instead of giving money. I thought that is most that is super. <laughs> so uh, I moved on to what we call in banking parlance from assets to liability side. so again in a leadership role so any kind of um, savings account salary account current account those things coming into the bank um, was part of my portfolio also was a head of consumer bank strategy uh, for period so uh, you know it was it was a fantastic 10 years before i knew i already spent 10 years in stanchart uh, starting with jaipur then amdabad um in calcutta then bangalore from bangalore i went to gurgaon Gurgaon to you know Bombay, so it was an amazing journey all, all over the country uh, with Standard Chartered. Why do you think you did so well? I mean, what were the qualities or the growth hacks or you know what made you successful? Yeah, I think uh, as I mentioned, banking was very easy for most of us who came from FMCG. Just the sheer hard work and the aggression we had around distribution. I would I would rate it to two things like. for most of my career in banking at least for first 7 years i was the first person to enter the branch every single day and uh, you know we very very aggressive in taking targets you know the idea is not to 
grow 10% or 20%. Ambition is big. We understood distribution. We would hire in mass. Like at one point in time, we have, at least Moto in our team was anybody more a motorcycle, we'll hire you. It was actually sheer aggression and uh, hard work. And then once we reached headquarters, I think when I reached um, Bombay, which was overall headquarters for Stanchart, and you spend, I think, one or two years in headquarters, then I think you really become a banker where you talk a lot and do little. (laughs) 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 I enjoyed that case also. It was really comfortable, uh, comfortable nine to five life. Okay. So uh, then you moved to Kotak. Uh, like, uh, what was the reason? No, actually, I moved to ING. Uh, the reason was that ever since I had been to Bangalore and from then I moved all over the place, I wanted to see if I can somehow get back to Bangalore. I just loved the vibe of the city, the weather, and everything else. Were you married by that time? Yeah, yeah I was married very early in my life. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, one year into my job, I was Typical Parwadi thing. The first thing you get a job in. <laughs> and my wife was really solid and extremely supportive in all these transfers and movements and all that. You know, then actually, ING Vyasha was the only major bank who was doing retail banking or aggressively doing retail banking and was headquartered in bank. Okay. So, uh, so that was one important reason, but not the main reason. The main reason was ING had this business called ING Direct, where they were, you know, very successful across the world, but especially successful in Australia, where they were the fourth largest retail bank in Australia. Okay, ING is headquartered in Australia, is it? They're headquartered in uh, in Netherlands. Okay, but and they're across the world, but they one of the most successful franchises of something called as ING Direct, which was an ING business without a single branch. Wow. So it was the world's first truly neobank, I would say. It has become a very common word these days, but pioneer, I would say, was ING Vesh. Okay. ING, not Vesh, ING. So ING Direct as a whole theory and being like a fourth largest bank in Australia, doing mortgages by the tons without a single branch was always extremely fascinating for me. And uh, when I came across uh, a gentleman who had moved from Australia to India, who's an Australian, moved from Australia to India to take care of retail banking, uh, of ING Vyasha in India. And he was the person who actually created that whole ING Direct. He came from a 17 years of experience from zero to, you know, one of the key people who took ING where it was. And I thought an opportunity to work with him uh, in Bangalore uh, on something like ING Direct and building India's first or try and build at least India's first branchless brand was, was really too good to pass. That's how I, I chose ING and moved with them to Bangalore. So, in Australia, how did they build this? Because was time pe mobile apps to nahi rehti hongi, na? Wo... Yeah, there was no mobile. It was completely built on phone. I mean, the normal call center. The whole thing was built on a call center. It's so amazing. You know, you advertise on newspaper, you call a call center, you get your loan done. There's no branch. So you can get in touch with anybody except on phone. This continues to be an important case study. So yeah, how did uh, ING Direct do in India? No, we, there was no ING Direct. Uh, it could never get launched in India. Because as, uh, you know, the plan, at that time, India KYC was not so easy. It was all face-to-face, no video KYC, nothing. So it was impossible to do an ANG direct kind of a model in India. We were contemplating something like that. We were building some models. And then Kotak took over, ANG Vyasha Bank. And it became a part of Kotak. I, I'm sure Kotak 811, to an extent, was maybe somewhere uh, inspired by ANG direct. 
Okay. So were you there when Kotak took over? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I was there when Kotak took over. We were part of the leadership team. I met Uday multiple times. Was extremely impressed with all my interactions with him. Very, very customer focused. Amazing business acumen. Naturally, everybody knows about it. But I thought I would say that. And uh, actually, you know, my if you were to look at me, the inspiration to do entrepreneurship, a lot of it actually came from my interactions with Uday Kotak. I was so inspired by how one man's vision can create a, a mammoth enterprise like Kotak, which is adding so much value to consumers' life without compromising anything. So, uh, Uday Kotak is a first-generation entrepreneur, is it? Yeah, banking is definitely first-generation. Okay. There was some financial business which was there earlier. It shows it with hundreds of other people. But for him to take his uh, financial services business to build a bank of Kotak's uh, eminence when HDFC and ICICI were at its peak, I would say, in terms of aggression, is absolutely remarkable. And it was one man's vision, I would say. Hard work, dedication, and most importantly, the focus to customer. It was like unbelievable. Kotak insurance, I still remember, when everybody in India was trying to get an insurance policy as big as possible because the margins were... Huge. The larger the policy, the better for any bank or anybody else. Uday Kodak, the first question he would ask if you get a very large policy, why is the customer taking this policy? I hope there's no missell. So focused on missell and being honest to the consumer, it was very, very inspiring. Extremely inspiring. What did he have before the bank? Like, was it an NBFC or what was it? Like, how did he build the bank, Kodak? I think he had a financial services uh, thing with the, which was uh, more in... Uh, in corporate banking, stock market. And he applied for a license and he got the license and built a bank. Yeah, yeah. Before, before license, NBFC, so this was very early, I'm talking 80s, I think. I'm, and I'm, I hope I'm right, I'm not sure. Um, and then by 90s, actually, Kotak, uh, when it was lending uh, a car loan, uh, they were the experts. They were uh, in, in consumer lending. They mostly used to do secured lending or lending businesses. I mean, the concept was everybody who was underwriting Kote was a chartered accountant. Uh, it was like a benchmark. The best underwriters in India, uh, for example, today, I think the best underwriters in India maybe are in with Bajaj, uh, Bajaj Finance. Uh, but in in 1990s, uh, 2000, early, the best underwriters in India, at least in my personal opinion, were in Kota. And is there a Mahindra connect there? Why is it called Kotak Mahindra? Any connect with that Anand Mahindra? Yeah, I think it was initially uh, a JV with the minority street from Mahindra. I think so, again, I'm not sure. So, uh, entrepreneurship ka kira kaise aaya? Matlab, what did you think that you want to do? Like, you were inspired by Uday Kotak and you thought that... Yeah, so Uday Kotak uh, plus ING Direct plus Bangalore. So, <laughs> <laughs> I would say three things. Uh, because Kotak, all leadership roles uh, were in uh, were in Bombay. As I mentioned, Kotak is a very, very fair place, fair to everybody. Uh, very fair to customers, of course, but extremely fair to employees also. And when the when the merger happened with ING, I think it was a very fair dealing where everybody in ING was given enough and more opportunities, big opportunities. I think uh, Kotak as an entity bent backwards to accommodate everybody possible. And um, I was also also given an option to work out of Bangalore if I really like Bangalore so much. And all those things were there. But uh, I realized that, uh, you know, if you were to be something really meaningful in uh, in Kotak, it has to be in Bombay. My family was nicely settled in Bangalore and I was kind of keen on being in Bangalore. And then I realized that, you know, the world was opening up 
KYC was just starting to happen through biometric, etc. I thought, why not try and build India's ING Direct? So, <laughs> so that was you know, the ambition. And that was a little fire. Ki kuch karke dekhte hai, uh, with, with the background and with the kind of success uh, I had in all my jobs, I knew the knocking to lagi jayi. Yeah, right. I, you know, I reached out to a few of my ex-bosses and told them, I'm doing this, but if it's closed, I'll give you a knock. You know, that. So, and the process were also very encouraging and they said, yeah, there's no problem. Uh, don't bother. Uh, you can always, uh, you know, we'll be more than happy to have you at Stanchard or in Kotak. Uh, I was very, very fortunate uh, to work with uh, very remarkable uh, bosses and colleagues. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. So, like when you put down your papers at Kotak, did you already have the idea clear and, you know, did you have like a founding team or a co-founder or things like that, like when you resigned from Kotak? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I did not have a, um, a company registered or things or a founding team or all that because it will not be fair uh, for me to do, uh, you know, my work, uh, especially the, the kind of ethics we have grown up with. So, you know, I was having a discussion. Uh, so I live in a community which is full of venture capital guys. So I live in a place called Palm Meadows in Bangalore. So it used to be like a hub of venture capital. You name a VC, and so there was some connection to Palmeiros for that VC. I had a lot of my friends who I used to play badminton with, who were venture capitalists. And they said that, yeah, why are you doing a job and all that stuff? We think with anyway the kind of understanding you have of banking and the, your ability to work hard, why do you don't do something on your own? And I was very skeptical. I said, yeah, I don't know a, a bit of tech, like anything on tech, computer I do, I do nothing except restarting it. I can't, <laughs> I can't do anything. So I just jokingly told to one of my friends that you give me a million dollar, you give me a co-founder who's a techie and I'll leave the job. It's a promise. To his credit, he actually arranged both. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which, uh, which VC was this? This is a VC called Prime Ventures. Okay. Uh, and Sanjay was the, was the gentleman uh, we were in touch with. So, uh, you know, he said, okay, I've got a guy who's a CTO at MobiQuick and he's also looking to do a startup. Uh, so why don't you guys do some speed dating? So my co-founder flew in from um, Gurgaon and both of us um, met for a week. Every day we would just discuss and, um, uh, you know, we just gelled really well. You know, it is it is like marriage, the startup thing. If it is working, it's working. It's not working, not working. So we just got very good vibes with each other, uh, very respecting, very different talent each other had. And we thought it can be a team, like a banker and a tech uh, person would be a good team to go, go for. But being a banker also, you, you lead a very cushy life. And for me to leave that life, at least bare minimum, I needed funding. And there I had that 1 million commitment, which was handy. This discussion happened and the whole thing actually got closed in less than 10 days. Wow. Uh, starting the discussion to finding a co-founder to getting a commitment for a million dollar. And we'll, we'll figure out what we'll product in the But we'll do it so then I, of course, uh, you know, resigned uh, from Kotak because I was the leadership team. There was a six-month gestation period. So my co-founder joined first and started the company and then I joined in April 2016. Okay. And what was the plan? 
like did you have like a, a clear plan that this is what you will launch and no we were clear we wanted to do something in retail banking and something for salaried customers that was the because i after my uh, loan stint i i i did a lot of liabilities business but my favorite business was always salary loans uh, because it was uh, so much more profitable and uh, very sticky everything is good about that business and easy to scale up because with one deal you get like thousands yeah, yeah you get uh, you get thousands of deals so uh, we we said okay salary count karte hain we wanted to do the idea at that point in time is ki us mein 15 din mein tankha milti hai in india you get a salary in 30 days us it is every 2 weeks so we said why can't we bring the us pay cycle to india that was the whole concept with which we started the business and then once we actually got into it we realized the difficulties in uh, with credit card required and it was so complicated to achieve uh, that we said ki yaar let us try something else and we'll get to this when india is ready for it uh, so we uh, we started with uh, uh, with a tax solution again towards salary so where we said that you know we will give you a card and it was india's first multi wallet card that every card will have wallet with so you not see it for you it's a card but in the back end of the card i've created various wallets each wallet corresponds to your tax item so in india taxation used to be very complicated even today it is complicated earlier even more complicated. so at food you get 2000 rupee off at petrol you get 5000 rupee off if you do something you will get so there were 22 items where as a salaried employee you could get a waiver so you're saying like the the for like submitting those to your employer so that yes 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 you get the tax rebate so it was a super complicated thing and neither employer knew anything nor employee knew we created various wallets each wallet corresponding to a tax and, and it used to be very very manual your bill sambhal ke rakhne padte the yeah yeah very manual and the whole concept was ki niyo mein paisa dalo go spend anywhere i will automatically figure out isme tax bachega ki nahi okay and send the report to your employer the things i am very proud of always is where we have done we have innovated like nobody in india sold bislary in trucks <laughs> or, or set up depots uh in god for second places i am very proud of that and the second thing i am most proud of after that was my uh, start uh, which was multi wallet and so it was extremely successful from the launch itself uh, what kind of numbers did you see in the first launch like neo by idfc like what kind of traction did that see we had decided to cap the program at 5000 and analyze so we achieved 5000 within a month and then we analyzed the portfolio how it is behaving and all that and that was again through digital marketing that you did the acquisition yeah, it was actually india's first bank account that had a waitlist wow okay so we had a 100000 people waitlist in first one wow and we gave it to only 5000 people <laughs> that really showed us uh, you know what we could achieve if we had like the whole canvas without any constraints and that product is just like a bank account of any other bank like you get a debit card you can save money you can put it into an fd or an rd or you can uh, like do bill payment so, so all of those like say what i have on my icici bank app everything is there on yes uh, like you had launched the same thing absolutely Okay. Okay. And uh, what did you learn, like you know, on observing the data for those five thousand signups, and how did that influence the next products? Like, what were the learnings from that? 
two big learnings were actually first was that we were shocked by the waitlist. Ten thousand people waitlisting, waiting, requesting you to open account is like we never believed that because bank account is a very commodity product. And second, we were shocked by the amount of money people were willing to deposit in the account of a relatively unknown brand. So I think these were two big learnings. So this actually then gave you the confidence to do something big and ambitious and something big, something really big. And that's when we, you know, went ahead. Equitas launched uh, Neo X by Equitas on twenty fifth of March, and today I would say in terms of digital accounts opened every day, uh, purely on a on a mobile banking app, we would be definitely among top five in the country. Wow! How many accounts are opening every day? Like, what is the number? We open five thousand accounts every single day. Wow! And this is like uh, Aadhaar based KYC, like uh, completely digital KYC. Yes. How does a completely digital KYC happen through an OTP like the okay. and uh, how is NeoX different from Neo in terms of the app, the features? Like, did you uh, like you know have some learnings based on which you added some features or something like that? So, yeah, one of the key learnings for us, Akshay, was that the uh, bank account, if you combine it with a wealth account, then the stickiness of the user, balances of the user. Just the whole ease of operation for a user just changes dramatically. What is the difference in bank account and wealth account? Wealth account is like your mutual fund account, like what Paytm money and Grow and all these guys are doing. Yes, so we bought a company during pandemic, uh, which was a wealth management company. Okay, which one was it? Uh, a company called Growwise. Okay, Goldwise. Goldwise. Uh. Goldwise. I have invested on Goldwise. Yeah, I've used that app. Yeah, so it was a good company, great team of founders. Yes, yes, yes. Very good company. Very responsive people. So we bought that company. The founders came on board, and we integrated the product into NeoX. So as an integrated, uh, zero commission mutual fund account and a bank account, it is the India's only offering today. So, uh, uh, what is the number of accounts that you have today, like uh, on NeoX? We are almost touching half a million. And how does that compare? Like, what are similar banks who have this number, or just, just like to get an idea of what half a million means? Yeah, if you were to look at half a million, there's of course no startup which is even close to that. Um, but if you were to take uh, maybe accounts acquired by banks, then maybe after the top four, uh, this will be the highest number of accounts opened by any. Okay, in this period, like in in a in about two quarters, you acquired half a million. In about four months. Four months. Four wow. Months. Uh, what do you think uh, you will be at the end of this year? Like, how many accounts will you be? At the current run rate, we should be at two million accounts. Uh, ambition is to do some thirty forty million accounts over the next four to five years. And uh, where would that put you in the ranking terms? Like thirty forty million accounts would be like. Yeah. We, yeah, top five, top five for sure. Like, like bigger than a lot of the uh, small PSU banks. Yes, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> and uh, how do you earn then from this? Like, oh, is it the same thing? Like the uh, percentage of MDR? Like you again issue a physical card? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is largely driven by MDR and cross sell. Okay. So you cross sell some insurance, wealth products, lending products, and so. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but the investment per se is again zero commission. So uh, that is 
uh, you're not earning on that. No, we don't earn there. We earn on stocks, the domestic stocks. Okay, so people can do equity also through Neo. Yes, equity. Okay, so so Neo X is like equity mutual fund, like a, a complete all like a full stack app for money. Yeah, like like anything yes. to do with money, you can do on that. Yes, absolutely. Okay, 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 amazing. And uh, what is your uh, like user base like? Is it like typically millennials or what type like? Yeah, so typically people are um, less than thirty-five years. So these are like young salaried professionals, basically, who want a majority salaried, and then there are like sixty percent would be salaried, twenty uh, percent would be self-employed, and all other categories. And another twenty percent would be students. And uh, what what is your customer acquisition cost like? Like you know, how much does it cost you for each customer that you onboard? And uh, like, when do you make up that money? Like, yeah. So let's put it this way: some uh, so it's little sensitive data given that there's some other competition coming uh, to us. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, however, if I were to look at my cost of acquisition, it will be probably one tenth of a physical anybody having physical brand to open the accounts so uh, you know your background is physical distribution i mean that's what you have excelled at throughout your career but now you are uh, i mean you are in a different kind of a game now so how how did you personally uh, cope with that change you know from being in a comfort zone because physical distribution what you were doing earlier in the easiest digital acquisition actually is more like an accident as i mentioned the travel card came from my own experience i was traveling in switzerland and i accidentally ended up using my neo card uh, which was a tax benefit for some spend and i just realized nothing got charged because accidentally the the bin had been set for zero forex and then we said oh, why don't we make this into a product uh, this is so much better than the forex card is on carrying and then we said that you know how will it sell because we none of us had experience of digital market and then vinith who is our cmo today um one of the brightest professionals i have met in my life uh he just said ki you know let us let's just try and put it out there we we'll, we'll try and get hire some digital marketing people and see how it goes wait what fire we you know, both of us were shocked but they gave us a lot of confidence that yeah we can build a full fledged digital marketing uh, performance marketing business one three brands because new global is is the biggest brand created in travel segment on the banking in banking i would say in the last one two years no one is close to that and we created the brand practically without spending any money there was no ad nothing but With that we have can confidence that in new x when we launched we knew that we know how to create brands why not go all out and then spend money on ipl we sponsored india's test championship in uh, uk now we are next month you will see again we are doing some big bank campaigns so now we are very comfortable uh, this whole digital marketing and pandemic has accelerated our thought consumer uh, adoption and also government is very uh, rbi everybody is very comfortable uh, um, as long as checks and balances are there to create uh, 
or facilitate digital banking. Okay. So NeoX also has the Neo Global built into it? We did not initially. Uh, we did not have it initially. It did not have a zero forex market component. And we realized that Neo Global is such a strong brand. Everybody is buying NeoX and because it is Neo, it is assuming it is a zero forex product. And when they are spending abroad, uh, they are saying that they are cheating. Okay, so zero forex is there. So we realized that boss, and thankfully, because the travel season had not started uh, when we launched this, we realized that we have to live up to customers' expectations. So we changed the product. Now the product is zero forex. Okay. So how do you remain connected with customers? You know, throughout your career, your way of remaining connected with customers was through physical interactions. Now, how do you stay close to the voice of the customer? So we have a, a very, very robust uh, uh, community. It is called Neo Community. It has got around 2 lakh people who typically come every month and leave their thoughts. And on what? Like on Facebook or what? On any all products. No, it's a community. It's a, a separate page in itself. On your website? Yeah, you can, you can say it's on my website. But yeah, it's, it's a typically separate link. You can access it to my website. You can just type directly Neo Community, go there. And uh, so it's a... It's like a forum, basically. It's a forum, absolutely. Okay, okay. While, uh, you know, I read some Twitter comments and Facebook and I little bit we get... So I have a daily pulse of social media which comes to me. But personally, my favorite medium of understanding what the customers are going through is Neo Community. Because it is a very modern, young vibrant society community and they are very they are connected to me they will name me and write even your product sucks or you know your product is good or, or it's like almost being in, in present in, in person so i try and make it a point that at least uh, once a day i go to a community page there will be some 10 20 um, messages addressed to me just go through them see what people are saying and try and improve mm. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to Google Neo Community, Neo Bank Community also. Uh, yeah, you just type NIYO Community. You will get it. So that's your way of uh, staying in, like like staying close to the voice of the customer, basically. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, like uh, people uh, come here just to give feedback or is it like a... Like a discussion around money and finance and all of that also. Yeah, it is. It's two, three things. One is people can come here, give feedback about product. They can raise their concerns. And then we keep bouncing off our new product ideas. Uh, They can give product ideas. What do they want from us next? In this community, we realized here we'll have to make new X zero forex markup. The basic thing they need from us. Um, We did a poll, what kind of card they like put our designs there for them to choose which design they want. And then put our designs accordingly. Checking with them, do you need loans first or stocks first? Whatever they say, then accordingly, we'll prioritize that. It's very, very, uh, I would say, useful. So this, this is essentially like your, uh, like, like your fanboys in a way, like your power users who come here to help you make the product better and I would say that. Uh, I, I I hope they are my fans. I'm sure they are not because a lot of time a product fails to uh, live, live up to the high expectations. But they're definitely our sounding boards. Uh, they're definitely our well-wishers. 
uh, who try and inform us what to do better. And a lot of time, you know, they respond to queries of other people. Yes. So, which is very, very good to see. And we're very thankful for everybody who uses new community. So, uh, what has been your fundraise journey? You raised that first 1 million from Prime Ventures before starting out. Yeah, and then Social Capital and J.S. Soros reached out to us. We we were not in the market at that point in time. So they reached out. We liked speaking to them. So we raised Series A from them, which was around $13 million. And when was this? And this was in December 2017. And then, um, again, Tencent. When you had that tax-saving product, this was at that time. Bharat product also. Okay, Bharat product also. Okay. Uh, and then um, in January of 2019, Tencent and Horizon Ventures reached out to us. Again, people who work with great reputation. Uh, we raised 35 million from them and other other people together. Um, that was January of 2019. So in overall, um, we have raised around uh, 50 million. And that time was Neo Global was like the flagship there. Neo Global, Neo Bharat. Neo Bharat was the biggest uh, puller. But New Global was also doing well. It was just shaping up. So that was the last raise in 19? Yes. Okay. And when do you plan to do your next raise? Well, anytime now, uh, I think we were waiting for New X to become successful. Um, because after pandemic, uh, travel naturally was not really exciting. Uh, in blue collared, with all this migrant labor problem, etc. That was also had its share of ups and downs. We really wanted to have a product which is independent of pandemic, I would put it this way. Uh, and New X uh, really lived up to the billing. So now we're in good shape. We have a um, lot of inbound interest. Topics are great. So anytime now, we should uh, we should raise. Are, are you looking at a unicorn valuation? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish so. But valuation is more like beauty. It is in eyes of the beholder. Uh, so we always uh, like to table whatever is available. And let the investors decide what they think is a fair value. What was the last valuation in 19? Oh, again, it is slightly uh, confidential. Cool. I, I uh, wish you all the best in this fundraise. I hope that I'll see the unicorn news soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your wishes. So, uh, like, I want to understand now what, what you are, uh, you know, how you are coping with the way the business is shaping up, what skill sets have you tried to acquire? What do you do on a day-to-day basis to lead the business? I would say the biggest skill set I've acquired is um, in product management, where you really look at product from a perspective of, are we innovating? Are we making it better than the best in the world for the consumer? But that is the single biggest difference between let's say my banking career or my FMCG career where it was all about distribution and doing business with products which were handed over to you. To here where you are building products on your own. So that journey of product management and focus on insane focus on customer experience uh, is I think uh, I, my thing which I'm really changed as a professional compared to where I was earlier. And majority of my day is spent in interactions with teams across the company 
uh, working together to make a better product. Uh, I would, I mean, I think that would summarize it. <laughs> so, what I do full day is try and have a better product and a better user experience. We are really far still. I feel uh, we get there. So, what what do you think are the things that you need to plug? Like, what are the gaps right now? Which you like? What's on your wish list? Yeah, there's very uh, you know small things. What a user from their banks. We should work with a partner bank and make it happen. Very small things like ability to create joint account on the fly, ability to um, you know get checkbooks, uh, ability to get account number, which is same as your uh, phone number. Uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of other small things, um, innovative things. Um, you know, just beauty of the app that when you open the app. It, it look, looks very pretty. Uh, who's managing the alliances, like you know, with the externals, the bank partners, and uh, all of that? Uh, so largely, it is done by me and my co-founder and our CEO, Vineet. But for NeoX, we have a business head who was my ex-colleague from Kotak days, gentleman called Tushar. So he runs the NeoX business end. Similarly, on Neo Bharat. I have another one of my colleagues, again from Kotak days, uh, called Darpan. He does that business end to end. So, are you also planning to uh, apply for a like a bank license and uh, like become like a full fledged bank in yourself? Yes, we would like to apply for a digital bank license when available. So today you have three kind of licenses: universal, small, and payments. Uh, we hope. Digital bank license is available in India soon, and if it is available, we would definitely be the first ones to apply. Right. Do you have some visibility on whether it's going to become available? No idea. So it is. It is uh, with RBI. Uh, presently, we are. It's not that we have a life is stopping because of that. We are happy uh, with partnering with various banks. If digital bank license would come similar to what it is in Europe, one hundred percent we would we would like to participate. So the advantage of that license is just that the percentage of uh, revenue that comes to you is hundred percent. There is no sharing. Then that is the basic advantage. That is one advantage, but I would not say that's the advantage why I would do it. Uh, the reason I would do it is I can innovate faster. Okay, things like the bank account as the phone number, yeah. joint yeah, account, no, no. everything. Like we would, we would, we can just move at a faster clip if we don't have any dependency on anybody else. So, and you know, our ambition, Viren and me, uh, is to leave a legacy. So it is just not about doing a business, etc. We really want to leave our legacy, our stamp on the whole digital banking. Uh, thing in India, and for that you need a kind of independence uh, to make it happen. So, not saying that we don't have efficient partner banks; they're awesome. But maybe we can move even faster if, if you the only ones taking decisions. It would. Hmm, sort of. And uh, who do you see as your like closest competitors, like the companies that you track most closely in terms of what they are doing? Uh. Kotak eight one one, which is also again like a pure digital product. Pure digital product, yeah. and SBI, you know, 
I think are the two products where we would like to emulate their success. Uh, how many accounts do these two products have? Like, how big are they? Uh, I do not have exact numbers, uh, but Kotak eight one one should be around fifteen million. And uh, SBI SBI bigger than Kotak, or it should be bigger. I, I guess it is thirty to forty. So, in a couple of years, you would look at overtaking them, maybe two or three years. Yeah, yeah. At least hope to acquire similar numbers. So. Uh, it, you know, uh, there are like two types of founders. One is people who start up very early, like just out of college or very young founders. And then there are founders like you who have a full career behind them. So between these two, which one do you think is like a better path to take? Or is there a benefit of one path versus the other path? So young uh, is one I I wouldn't say because when I was young, startup was not so fashionable. So young has its advantage that you can fail early. You don't have so many responsibilities, kids, fees, all that to take care of. So, uh, and you have that energy which is which only comes with youth. Uh, when starting late, like uh, what what we have done, uh, the advantage is that you are financially, you know, not too worried. So your your risk taking ability, if you are financially well settled, especially if you are partner is working like in my case but you're not so afraid of failure and it, you know that you know it, worst case worst you will you can try and go back it's, it's much easier when you're young uh, but in at somebody like my age if something like this doesn't work the other option is to just retire and enjoy life uh, you know something else like that so uh, so there's a, there's a plus and minus and uh, you know when you start late you have the um, a, a little bit of uh, experience which is helpful especially in dealing with people um, so I think it's it's both ways uh, so I don't know which is a which is a good one um, but actually last five years I really enjoyed uh, creating some products which uh, you know success failure all this will happen uh, but I can always look back with tremendous pride in, uh, you know what we innovated and how many products we were like first in the market wallet card you know prepaid with a virtual account number international travel on a debit bin zero forex in one account first neo bank india so we feel really a very very proud for innovation more than Check out the NEO app at goneo.com sign up now to experience the future of banking this episode of Founder Thesis Podcast is brought to you by Long Haul Ventures. Long Haul Ventures is the long haul partner for founders and startups that are building for the long haul. More about them is at www.longhaulventures.com.